hard at times. Obviously doing the thing isn't always easy, but it should be something that you enjoy and to some extent feels just like intuitive and fun. And for me, it just wasn't really getting to that level. My name is Dimitri and I'm a productivity and systems enthusiast. I'm Chance. I'm a philosophy and self-development enthusiast. And you're listening to the Rise Productive Podcast. The show where productivity meets business. And what it means to build better systems. Enjoy the show. If you're listening to this, you are not on our private subscriber feed and you will only be hearing a portion of this episode. If you'd like to listen to the full length episode, you'll need to go to riseproductive.com membership or sign up on your favorite podcasting app for exclusive access. From there, you'll also get access to our exclusive newsletter, the weekly pour over, our private members only Discord community, and any other subscriber only content. So if you enjoy what we are doing here, please consider becoming a member. What was it like to uh, see that there was proof to my World of Warcraft addiction? That video was mad. Yeah, it was actually, uh, <laughs> it was intense. You, you had told me that you were the leader of the group and uh, it was clear <laughs> you were doing 90% of the talking. <laughs> Who's going to soak? <laughs> that killed me. That killed me. Um, who's going so- to carry the boat? You also had the tiniest little character. It was so hard to watch anything on that screen. I just, I mean, I know like it's kind of like um, League of Legends, right? Kind of like similar vibe where like if you like watch it, I think you can kind of figure out what's going on. Yeah. If someone plays while wow, they understand what's yeah. going on. And so in the same, I've seen a couple roommates uh, play LOL. And I'll watch it and I'm like, I have no idea what's going on in this game. I just cannot keep up because there's just a lot of things happening. And so it was partially that. And then, yeah, partially just uh, the intensity was just insane for such low graphics and <laughs> whatever was happening. I just, I, I couldn't comprehend it, but it was funny. I used to play this on like my really bad laptop. Do you remember the bad laptop? Do you have that at the gallery? Yeah, it was like a black laptop. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do. I used to play on that. You played on that? And with the red dragon mouse that I used oh, to have. Oh, okay. Red dragon. Classic. So it was like literally hunched over like Cheetos, you know, <laughs> the whole nine yards. So the only thing I had going for me was that I had a glorious six pack from all the running. But like there was there was just so much like sweaty gamer, like hadn't showered vibes oh, in and everything that was going on in my life then so i just felt like it would be funny as you were we were dealing with audio technical difficulties to oh and it was it was quite entertaining good. and the first video you showed me was only four years ago which is you know that yeah that's kind of the, the last of the the wow phase but that that's still crazy to think about that only being four years ago our buddy ag we i've talked about this before with him i was like bro i had the quickest 180 People don't like realize how quick my 180 of like, I just took all of my passion towards something that wasn't productive and just like, and said, I can put 40 hours a week into this. You took like all of your wow abilities, which are like, you can operate on a small amount of sleep. You're quick with your keys. There's a third thing I had going here, but yeah, you know, you just get all your uh, hyper focus. Oh, my hyper focus. Yeah. The leadership. Sure. That's another good one. But extended periods of like intense clicking yeah. and focus. Yeah. You just channel the energy into something that wasn't degenerate. 
the notion builds now. I, I sometimes I mess with Vinny. I'm just like on the call with Vinny and screen sharing. I'm like, does this impress you? <laughs> and yes, I'm I'm fishing. Yeah, you're fishing for the. <laughs> Are you talking about your notion build, like your your system? So like when I'm uh, when we have ideas for ways to like improve the business or the structure of the notion or like, hey, let's build out a system for you giving feedback to the editors. I like then in real time start building what we're thinking. Oh, I see. And it's like me on roids clicking and doing the same thing, but in a notion build. And I'm like, is this like the quick building? Is this impressive to you? And yes, I'm fishing. But. <laughs> And that I, I picked like I can just click nonstop, type nonstop, and in consulting calls, I got early comments that were like, "I can't follow what you're doing, but it looks like you know what you're doing." Yeah, it's gonna be a good skill to have when you can think almost as you can operate almost as quickly as you're thinking, because for a lot of people, I think you can, at least for me personally, I think you know we all think pretty quick, but I think a little bit slower. I got to process the stuff and it takes me even longer to get it down onto like paper or whatever. I usually have to do like thought bubbles or, you know, some kind of flow chart. I can't just like go and make the whole, you know, um, it's not a data set, but, uh, you know, the, the, yeah, yeah, the database with all the notion pages. I just couldn't sit there and do that in real time. That's fun. I believe it. I'm sure it's a great skill to have and it's probably impressive on the calls. So, you're fishing and you caught. <laughs> I know, I know. No, it's fun. Um, but no, yeah, that 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 was my old life, and uh, I recommend that anybody as they pursue their own life journey, just know that they have skills, they have passions, and you just follow follow what you're good at in a more productive manner. Huh? You know? Yeah, I mean, there's room for fun. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, like I'm 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 in a little bit of a D and D phase a bit. Like I I mess with it, and so it's kind of like wow adjacent but it doesn't consume me and you know the same way that wow consumed you it's just like a i'm doing house chores and i'll listen to critical world podcast it's like a D podcast they're like doing they record their sessions and so there's audio of it that's fun yeah and they say everything out loud so i mean you kind of have to say everything out loud for the the game or the dungeon master but yeah it's 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 fun i learn a lot probably some like dwarf named archer I don't know. I'm just trying to name random characters. Probably some like elf guy named Twelve. <laughs> they're all yeah. They're all like that, but uh, not exactly. But yeah, pretty close. I could imagine that being fun. I love fantasy stuff. Yeah, it's dope. I want to get more into it. I've I've never really enjoyed, uh, or I've never even tried Lord of the Rings or like Witcher. You know, the, being a newer thing. I've just um, just never been really my vibe. But it actually, is my vibe entirely. So I'm happy Good. I found this place, but um, I digress. Yeah, digress hard. No, I just digressed. No, I'm just trying to tell you that, like, I agree that you, you're going to digress and then I'm going to talk. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Is this how conversation <laughs> works? Dude, I was having a, I was having a conversation with, with somebody the other yeah. day and then, like, Vinny was privy to it and we were just talking and I was like, do you see this chat? You really like have a conversation with somebody. It's like back and forth in an email or in like a, a, a message. And you like refer to somebody else like, am I missing something? Do they not get how conversation works? I've had some emails this summer that have just been mad. <laughs> just been absolutely like, man, that's, I just swear that's not the response I was going to get to that. Yeah. 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 Just so the, con- the context was really weird. It was like, 
I we were I was clarifying some information as to you know something that we were talking about with like you clarified information right so someone asks a question then you clarify and then they say okay and then I respond with what are your thoughts on that and then they immediately respond with pertaining to what <laughs> and I'm on a call with Vinny and I'm like hey bro you get, I'm sorry I, I was multitasking can you can you look at this chat <laughs> tell me if I'm like I know English is your second language, but like, am I going crazy? Yeah. <laughs> like, is it me or? <laughs> he just goes. He, it's, he said it. He goes. Uh. Uh. I, I no. I asked him. I was like, I don't know how to continue this. I don't know how to respond. And he goes, Maybe you should ask him. Do you know how conversation works? <laughs> or you should just you should just like one eighty to be like. What are my thoughts on what? And you should be like, I don't know, peaches. <laughs> uh, that's, that's something I used to do when I was in like high school. What are your thoughts on fruit? <laughs> we had a really good conversation on fruit um, when I was driving back from <laughs> Kansas City after uh, driving a group to the the Eras tour. And uh, beets fell into the S tier. And I was very happy to see that. Beets are fruit? Or maybe it's the veggie. Either way, beets... They have to be veggies, yeah, right? I don't think they have to be anything. But <laughs> <laughs> potato guy or tomato guy over here. No, you're right. They are a rooted type of deal. So they probably are a veggie. But we did a tier list of every food group and hey, animal foods rights activists. What what classifies a fruit and what classifies a vegetable? Being an animal rights activist does not make me the one apt to answer this question, but I thought you were animal and food rights so activist. So you only care. You only so you only consume fruits, vegetables, and non-animal products. But you know you don't know where it comes from. Sounds kind of like you're a little uninformed. Don't you think? Yeah, I'm just trying to lean into the simulation, I'm not trying to question it. Or what's it like being <laughs> wrong all the time? <laughs> You just thought about not being wrong. It's like the allegory of the cave, you know. If you live in the cave and stare at the shadows long enough, you start to enjoy it. Socrates didn't know anything. <laughs> is that Socrates? That is Socrates, yeah. Okay, thank God. <laughs> I thought I was just being a chotch about something. No, you, know, you nailed it. To. That was good. What even is the allegory of the cave? It's like this idea that there's people who live in the cave and um, there's like a fire behind them and there's like these shadows being portrayed onto the walls of like figures of like horses and people and they look at that because they're chained into this cave and they think that that's real life. They think that like those are like that's what a horse looks like. It's like that shadow of a horse or a human, whatever. And then one of them in this little like story escapes and they move outside of the cave and they emerge in real life. Like, you know, it's an underground cave. They they come out and they see like real people and real horses and the sun. And that's supposed to be a parallel for how, you know, philosophy awakens you into the the real things of life. Bah. It's like, it's like uh, I, I think things that get um, equated to the shadows now are like um, the news, the, the economy, a lot of things that like live insurance just things that yeah things that like live in our mind constantly but really aren't as important as things like truth and death and you know like coming to terms with some of the more important things of existence you know at least like spiritually and so yeah the climbing out of the cave is like concerning yourself with the the real questions of life like who am i and what what is knowledge you know what is my state of being what is how did we get here as people? Stuff like that. You know, 
I think this is a good topic. You like this topic in general, the allegory of the cave? Well, in the in the yeah, because we can talk about it in uh, in a couple different ways. I had an existential crisis about three days ago when I was dealing with all this admin BS about like getting the bank account, you know, like contracts, and I was like, "Is this what I meant to do?" <laughs> and uh, I was like talking to people about it, talking to myself mainly, and then like I walked myself out of the the pit of despair. Um, but. Apparently, Alex Ramosi was talking about like the five stages of entrepreneurship. Okay. There's five stages. Step step one is uh, the person gets the idea, I think. Step two is like uninformed optimism. Step three is the valley. Uh, or, the valley of despair. Yeah, valley of despair. Step four is informed optimism. And then step five is... I don't know. They push the, the the fulfillment of the dream. Yeah, or like yeah, you made it. Yeah. So I'm in value of despair right now, like hard, because there's just so much admin BS of like, who wants to write a thirty page contract? <laughs> Nobody. Nobody. But who wants to also have a contract that makes a good relationship for a client? And uh, it's a good contract that can you can fall back on if a good relationship yeah. goes sour. Yeah, and like having service level agreements of like, you know, I need assets and then like there's turnaround times and all these sort of things that matter, but also in the same sense, like how do I figure out how to do all this stuff and do I staff and what is opera, how much percentage do I put towards taxes off top line revenues so that I'm always in the right spot and like how many bank accounts do I need and like is profit first like actually a good thing or is it total BS and like do I, do I really want to do this or just want to make videos and wait it out at my job forever and like what, you know. Whew. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's that's the kind of am I doing the right thing? Yeah, that's a lot of what is real that's life. That's a lot of despair. That's a lot of staring at the shadows. A lot of uh I think that the analogy kind of fits cuz it's yeah, you're concerning yourself with a lot of things that um are like shadow versions of the truth. Like a contract is like, you know, you're trying to make a a relationship in the, the day it's between you and a, you know, a a, a person Client, uh, you know, yeah. a business entity person, if you will. And so like, you know, there's, there's truth in that because there's trust and, you know, there's communication. It's just two people learning to exist in the same world, but it's like, you got to deal with the, the, the contract, you know, but we kind of just made that up. It's just like an earth made thing. When I think of the shadows, I think of <laughs> like people who work on wall street and kind of stare at the stock market. That's like one of the games of the contract or like the lottery. Things like that, where it's like a man-made concept that is concerning so much more of our time and taking energy away from things or taking your attention away more than your energy towards things that are more important. And so like building a good relationship with yeah. the client is more important than the contract, but it's, it's, the the analogy kind of breaks because the contract is also important. Mm. I was meaning more so in the sense of, uh, mm. I don't know word this. I'm in this valley of despair and I'm more focused on, I guess it was more so in the transition of the uh, uninformed optimism to valley of despair, you know, informed pessimism. Yeah. And then like the valley of despair. Cause it's like, people have this vision of what the heck business is. Mm -hmm. And it's often this shadow view of like the horses and whatnot oh. 
and it's the informed optimi- uninformed optimism stage where I'm staring at the theoretical numbers that I could be making based off of proposals that I sent out that people verbally said yes to versus the tangible part of it, which is like, bro, you got to get them to in writing say yes. Yeah. And like you got to do all this admin stuff, taxes, accounting, bookkeeping, hiring, firing. And then for the rest of this relationship, you got to own up to every deliverable, which was, you know, at one time abstract. Services. Services. When it's a deliverable that requires technical skills does require costs to be incurred at the same Mm -hmm. time. And time. And time. So it's, yeah, it's like, yeah, there's a vision that a lot of people have about business versus the real thing. Like, I'm not going to say who it is. I'm going to be as vague as I can, but I heard somebody the other day who would quit their job because in some magical line of thinking they had, I'm trying not to be rude. They wanted to, with no portfolio, become a graphic designer rather than work at their day job because they thought being their own boss would be less stressful than working a nine to five. And I'm like, your husband better work. Yeah, does not having security stress you out? Well, so the, the husband of this person oh, okay. works. Yeah. But I, I will say, when it comes to the, like... Even still. Like, being your own boss is not easier. If I hear one more person complain about their W-2 taxes, yeah, I might smack somebody. Yeah. Oh, I had to fill out some boxes and do TurboTax. Like, what are you, what are you mad about? <laughs> Yeah, being your boss, your own boss isn't uh, all it's made out to be. I think that there's a lot of like really random admin. Like you don't just get to do this stuff until you then run like a huge corporation where you have an accounting and legal department. Yeah, I think it's going to be a process of onloading or on, you know, eventually you're going to be able to offload stuff, I imagine. Yeah, if I get to millions in revenue and then I have a legal person and a uh, accounting person in-house. Yeah, okay. You know I'm just mean? thinking of the whole process that you've gone through where you've learned things and then you got so good at them that you off, uh, off, uh, yes, you know, yes. you gave it to somebody else to do like video edits. Correct. Correct. I'm just imagining that process being cyclical, but I guess there probably will come a point where there's things that either you have to do or you need to start making more money to hire somebody to legitimately do it. 100%. And that's, that's the, that's the crux of it. I think the um, allegory of the cave regarding business is interesting because you and I had a friend who was talking about my business and like talking to my business about and thinking how it was easy to I'm doing a lot of pitches recently and I've gotten some yeses and they're like, oh, it's easy. I'm like, no, I've gotten a lot of no's before this. This is only how many videos have I made chance? I think I'd guess at the YouTube channel number system that I have on... Uh, oh, on the Dimitri Panici channel? Dimitri Panici channel, it's yeah. 600 something, right? Close to it? 767 videos. Ooh. And that's just the ones that are listed on the one channel. That's just the ones that I've created for this channel. I think listed, there's like five. Okay, so I was close. Okay. You're close. And then there's some on the RP channel. And then there's 160 episodes of the Rise Productive Podcast, and there is 100 plus episodes of the Productive Brew, and there is approximately 30 Notion templates, and there is uh, three courses, 
And there is a myriad of repurposed shorts and whatnot and other socials. And all those World of Warcraft videos. And all those World of Warcraft videos. Bangers. But it's just like, I don't know. Like the the allegory is like, oh, I'll make my own stuff. It'll be easy. Like I'll get momentum. And I just want to hedge and be like, listen, even when you get to the point where like the money could be coming in, you still have to deal with a lot of other stuff. Like what sounds small is kind of like people, you still have to like get them to pay you. You have to figure out the tangible what payment processor are you going to use? What bank are you going to bank with? Like, I know this sounds small, yeah. but I'm in this phase right now where like, I haven't had time to do a lot of tangible work. Right. There's been a lot of administrative stuff. And I, and I have to still then fulfill the work. I don't get to just magically, it's not like a job. When you have an admin phase or a whatever phase at your job, you end up having other people in the company because the end all be all of the company. Like just if you're at a superhero syndrome at work, here what? Superhero syndrome? No. It's where somebody as an employee believes that if they were to leave, everything would come crumbling down. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad. So superhero syndrome should only ever apply to if you run your own business because that is literally how that yeah. works. When it's not your business and you're not a partner and you're just like an employee of like a at least a fifteen plus person mm-hmm. company. That's not how that works. Does the owner feel that way or the employee feels that way? No, the employee feels like, oh, if I leave, all my coworkers mm. would be, you know, the business would be in shambles. That hasn't happened to me, but that was something that someone experienced at the bike shop until they got a firm raise. Wait, what? There was someone at the bike shop who essentially felt that way. Like, they felt that like if they if were they to were leave, to leave I legitimately do think that things could have crumbled, <laughs> and uh, they felt that way too. Yeah. Now, yeah. now I guess it happens a lot more unreasonably in the larger the size of the company. Of course. So, like, say you work at a company of more than twenty people, mm-hmm. thirty people. If you leave, like, yeah, you'll be okay. You'll be fine. They'll just hire. They're gonna hire yeah. somebody. But if, if you end up not doing your work or whatever for a couple of weeks at a job, the whole crux of the system isn't as nearly as impacted as if, like if the person who's in charge of the whole thing at a very small business. Right. Yeah. So I was talking about that woman in reference to the fact that like, you know, the allegory of the cave, like business is constant superhero syndrome being accurate. Yeah. Yeah. It's all on you. Book stops at you. But when you're an employee, people also have that inverse view of like, oh, it's the allegory. In the allegory, you know, they view that they're the superhero in their own story, and then like if they leave, but it's like it's funny when people are people are leaving a situation, they feel like the pressure will be relieved. Where in actuality, they never had that much pressure at all in comparison to what would happen if they then had their own thing all the way. Full stop. Yeah. I think. Um... One of the issues here is expectations. I think it's a big mm. issue. And I'll say, just to preface, people think I'm quite an optimist. And I think I am quite a bit of an optimist too. But it's only because sure. I've just had this idea instilled in me that life will always have adversity. It does not matter what you do, you will always have pain. 
Like you could be even billionaires negative, who are old. Negative visualization. Still have back pain. If you're a billionaire, you still have back pain by the time you're 50 or knee pain or I don't know, neck pain. You're going to have it. And so you cannot avoid the fact that there will still be pain in your life, whether you are self-employed or working for somebody. I think that that is just like a fundamental mm. truth of life. And it's not really something that I, it, it's not something that I work into a pessimism, optimism type of equation. Like I don't think like, oh yeah, I'll be in less pain if I do this thing. Will I find more joy in what I'm doing? Will I have more fun? You know, that, that's a different thing. And I think, um, I think that's a, it's a misconception when someone walks away and thinks if I'm self-employed, I'll be in less pain. Like, no, that'll stay the same. It's still life. If anything, you might increase your stress for a little bit there. But I think the difference is, is that you can test to this more than me, but I was listening to a podcast about some, someone was talking about, um, solopreneurship and the fact that mm-hmm. it is your thing makes it so much more different to where you're willing to put that thing on your back. Like it is a thousand pound bear and carry that thing as long as it needs to go. And you will not do that yeah. when it's someone else in the same way. No, I, I agree. No, I, I, agree. I think exactly. That's why I like do the early mornings and the late nights because it's mine. Yeah, it, it's your thing. And you wouldn't do that if it was anyone else's. Hell Even no. if it was a duopreneurship, you probably wouldn't feel the same way. Hell no. And so I think that's... The difference is that I think that's what can get exciting about entrepreneurship and business isn't, you know, um, like you're going to have to deal with parts of your, your work that you don't like, but would you rather be moving pixels on a screen for some marketing company or, or setting up the, the business for, you know, yourself? Yeah, Yeah. It's exciting in some ways. It's yeah. That's a good point. I think, uh, I like the way that you view that with the expectation, expectation that there's always going to be adversity. Yeah. Because the, the expectation otherwise is just setting yourself up for very ne- negative emotion. I mean, you know, the difference between expectations and reality is what causes strife. Exactly. Like me expecting things to be a certain way, I'll feel fine in comparison to if I, if I think. Oh, it's going to be sunshine and rainbows and I'm going to go and go to the bank and set up my business. And then like, it's going to be awesome because everyone's going to love me (laughs) in all my client relationships. There's not going to be one bad interaction. Every contract's going to get signed exactly when I think. And like, it's going to be for the exact same amount as what they said on the call. They're not going to have any sort of client brain and forget what they said on the call. Like, no, just expect that. Yeah, exactly. Negative visualization, just like you said. And I guess I just want to have belabor the point because like talk about business on the pod and there's a very real emotions that you end up feeling. And like, if you go into, I think that's where I had a bit of a, Oh my God, am I in the Valley of despair? Cause I was in, I went past the uninformed optimism into the, the Valley of despair and the, the informed, informed pessimism and then Valley of despair. And then now I'm coming more into the like, but now there's the good of it too. Like, Running a business is just a higher leverage opportunity vehicle and something that you like more than working for somebody else. It will still have the negative drawbacks of it is work. Yeah, you should write that down. That's actually incredibly accurate. That's what I was trying to say, essentially. It's like, it's something that has a higher ceiling, higher leverage, but it's also something you enjoy. But everything else, it's still going to be work. There's still going to be things that suck. 
but will it be more fulfilling when you put your head up against the pillow? Probably. And 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 the administrative and technical back end of it is more complicated than having a day job. Yeah. Right. So, and the ownership is more complicated and like more pressure is in that sense. But yeah, let's let's say what I said again. It is a higher leverage opportunity vehicle that you enjoy doing the actual work more, but it is still going to have strife and turmoil. The strife and turmoil is just more stomachable because it is your initiative and you retain the upside. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm I'm stoked when a deal gets signed because I'm like, that, that's, that ish is mine. Right. I have a co a former coworker friend who, um, he's just so irritated at the, um, the lack of commission in like sales pitches mm. where he works. Is there, is there commission like, there at all? No. <laughs> you ever just gotten a company to spend a couple million more in advertising dollars and gotten no kickback? Yeah, it's almost like, why would you do it? It's almost like that doesn't foster new business growth. Yeah, it's almost like they don't like the people that work there. It's almost like that's why that company could maybe stagnate <laughs> and have about the same number of employees for 20 years. Anyways, um, I don't know anything about business. Um, that is just frustrating. I remember hearing that. I'm like, dude, that's frustrating. I wouldn't sell if I were you. I would never sell. I would never sell. But he's got the superhero employee mentality. It's a, and it's because like it's safe and I get that. I don't know. So that's, yeah, that's something I've been going through though. Like needing to understand, needing to get through this, this stage of, oh my God, there's all this BS. Cause I think I was so happy and excited about the, the numbers on the screen. Right. I had never seen this much money coming in one. Two, I had never seen so much theoretical money supposed to come in after I got verbal yeses. Yeah. And uh, three, I, it's been years of not much opportunity from like a monetary standpoint to four months, three months in a row of like, hey, want to work with us? 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 Yeah, it's a huge lump sum. Like we've been, we've been saying, you haven't been getting small payouts throughout this three-year journey it's been mainly nothing and then occasionally a little bit and you know it's been slowly been growing and this has kind of been the first okay lump sum like here's here's your uh your pay for your hard work and so um yeah i don't blame you like it's, it's incredibly exciting and so obviously there's going to be that uninformed optimism going in because this is a whole new opportunity at your table it doesn't mean you're not ready for it but um you know in terms of skills and knowledge but there's there's something that doesn't ever prepare you for like the the surprise and the the next chapter that's unfolding. It's just it's just unknown to you. It's really crazy to me that Rise Productive is almost at its three year anniversary. Over the years, we've shared with you so much free content on how to improve your efficiencies, operations, and intentionality across multiple content platforms. Between the podcast, newsletter, and YouTube channel, we try to give you as much free value as possible. All that we ask in return for all this free knowledge sharing is that you give us a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform so that more entrepreneurs and those seeking more efficiency in their lives can find our content. These podcast reviews increase our rankings and help us reach more people who just like you just want to get more efficient. Thanks in advance. And now let's get back to the show. And this is going to keep happening. Like business is just 
problem solving. And it's like much more problem solving that happens at work. Mm-hmm. And, but it's like the onus is only on you. Like, yes, you can talk to your coworkers and try to come to a creative solution. At the end of the day, if it's like your business, you're going to be the one stuck with the way that the decision goes. Yeah, that's, that's true. Does it give you a sense of adrenaline, though? Kind of gets me hype, yeah. But, like, you know you know what I mean? Like, if you end up making a poor decision at your job, you're not changing the strategic direction of the company. You really no, no, of course. Unless you're a C-suite individual, which has a adjacent layer of um, ownership due to shares. And right, stuff. right. Well, and I think the idea with the, you know, being the entrepreneur is to ultimately create systems to where there's some kind of checks and balances to where like if a decision is made poorly on your end, you're not the only one that, you know, has, I mean, obviously you have the final check on everything, but it's like, at least you could like get a soundboard or some kind of, you know, second thoughts before embarking on a decision that would, you know, sink things. Yeah, I need a non-yes man. Hey, you need a no, like, hold up kind of guy. I do, because I don't have that. And it's, uh, I appreciate yes men in some senses, but in, in the uh, tangible sense of how it works, getting told no is not a bad thing. No, getting told is no is a, being able to say no is a powerful skill. And in this context, it's, you know, being able to tell someone that what they're doing is the wrong thing, which requires a lot of advocacy and uh, bravery. I will say, though, it does outweigh the con. The uh, the doing your own thing does outweigh the cons of uh, the pros way outweigh the cons. Yeah, I mean, of course, like the one of the best things you can have in business is leverage. If you are in an opportunity vehicle that is sustainable and you like what you're doing and you're not just doing it for the money. Um, if you have some sort of purpose behind it. Yeah. Yeah, I do think you have to f- check all the boxes of the description that you gave in order for it to be truly worth it. You have to enjoy it. It's got to be high leverage. It's got to be a sustainable vehicle of business. Because if you don't have that, you know what you could, if you want a sim, I mean, if you want something that's more secure, I mean, just working in like investment banking or something, like, you know, like working something else that also has pretty high leverage that you can make good money at. Yeah. Um, that's one of the things too. It's like, I don't know. Do you think this is a false? I feel like from what I can tell, the grind period, maybe I, I mean, I may not have done it perfectly, right? But I think the grind period for entrepreneurship prior to Sunshine and Rainbows that is portrayed on Twitter with ghostwriters <laughs> is um is understated. I, I get a lot of sense that like it's like, oh, you know, I was working outside of my job for one year and I was a junior doctor and like the NHS and then I made a couple of videos and then next thing you know, I had 8 million views and then I quit my job and, and now I have a team of 30 people. Yeah, I mean, I think it does get understated, but A, I kind of think it's a flex to not mention that as much because I, I don't think it sells in order for you to say, like, mm. it's really hard. Like, Ali Abdal would not make 
as many views on videos if he said, look, actually the, the process to getting here is incredibly tough and it's going to take a lot of time and you're probably going to lose sleep. Like, no, instead it's like, oh, th- these are 12 tips in order to get your business going. Like that that's attractive, you know? Yeah, here are 10 side hustles to make you 2000 3000 a month, which is more than some people sell. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's like, that's what sells. It's, um, it's kind of like the opposite of how news sells. Like you need good news on YouTube in order for something to sell, some kind of attraction, and um, at least in the sphere. But I think also it's just um, not passing on that kind of negativity or, you know, not negativity per se, but like, reality it's reality but it's like there's good things to it too and i think you can acknowledge the grind without being like you know like oh it was hard back in my day and you know like i i worked so hard to get everything i earned which is true but it's like don't like Mm. drag people through the mud with that just kind of like you know realize that that's also something you did onto yourself you embarked on it yourself you don't need to like throw that onto other people interesting I guess, uh, well, then here's an interesting question. Then trying to be a no man. Would you then think, though, that the uh, this doesn't set as much uh, also kind of a harmoniousism? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you say that that would set less uh, entrepreneurs up for success due to the dissonance between expectations and reality and the fact that once they hit that expectation to reality delta, that they're not in what the reality they expected it to be so then they end up quitting Uh, i mean like i said you can still acknowledge the grind without getting into like the reality of like how like maybe miserable it is like yeah we can have narratives of like and i think you know some people are doing it where it's like i was in med school and i was also doing youtube but also this thing ali abdul was brilliant so like it maybe wasn't as hard for him but maybe yeah yeah I, i think you can get the point across without making it too grim of a situation because you know, to counter your point is if mm. maybe yes, we're doing them a bad service by not informing them enough about the grind, but you don't want to scare them off either. Cause then no one is going to chase the grind if they know it's damn near impossible. There's already not enough people who chase the grind and, you know, favor security already. I guess I, maybe I just think you can do both. You can be like, listen, great high leverage opportunity vehicle that you're going to like the work but the quantity required that you're expecting is laughably low it won't feel like it's a drudge in a sludge fest mm-hmm. but tangibly and this goes back to that conversation we had about volume earlier like tangibly though the volume is much more than you think yeah that's maybe where we can meet in the middle, I guess. Yeah, and that, that's fine. Is you can have a, you can really set the expectation that the volume breaking point is probably going to be a lot more than you think. You know, maybe it's like some kind of like a, well, like a thought experiment where it's like, oh, how many videos do you think you need to put out there if you wanted to get 10k subs? And you know, you have the person answer. They probably say something like 100, and you're like, yeah. Well, how about 600? <laughs> Yeah, it's like could be yeah. six. Would, would you would you still it do could? it? And they'd be like, "Well, it's like, well, maybe that's not the right vehicle for you. Maybe you don't really like it that much because you got yeah. to." That's that's my big frustration with like friends that I have in the space that are like, "Oh, I'm not growing." Well, I'm like, "You're not doing enough work." Yeah. They're like, oh, I don't know. I have been. I'm like, you're just talking about doing it. Mm-hmm. It's like, what do you mean? I like made three videos last month. I'm like. <laughs> 
you you can't talk about something you like for more than 60 minutes a month yeah it's an hour <laughs> yeah that's pretty tough <laughs> you know, that, that's you know when you put it like that i think that's what i'm trying to say it's like um it never has felt like my day job i never dread locking mm-hmm. like i just to be clear like i've had a very much like a oh no it's nine for like three years oh to where like you're enjoying yeah you're enjoying rp more than the job that's that's when i knew it was like the right thing when i first immediately when i immediately started going into work and i'd been doing youtube for a while and then i was like on the side i started my day job and i'm like oh no it's it's nine yeah and not because i mean yes i didn't really like the job for a little while there especially at my first agency and you know then i was like oh i must really like this (laughs) if i'm like upset that i'm being pulled away yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I think that's, and that's a big part of it too, is um, just figuring out what you actually want to do. And um, obviously you can't just live in inaction, but I think you got to find the right channel for entrepreneurship if you want to get into the right space and, you know, make it something that is sustainable for you. Not just, you know, a sustainable business, but like sustainable in the sense that I could do this for the rest of my life type of sustainable yeah, I totally agree. I guess maybe let me let me clarify one thing, by the way, because would you say that there maybe is a dichotomy between the expectations of output um, and, and tangible work volume versus time spent on subjects of things? Time spent on subjects of things is in what? Sorry, it's time spent talking about thinking about doing something in your side hustle right or you know like quote strategizing i mean you can technically work 40 hours on your side hustle and have no output Mm -hmm. what's what's the other end of the dichotomy Uh, because output on one end that you're saying that you're talking about the subject Talking about thinking about it, oh. uh, strategy. Oh, okay. like there's a dichotomy between know, like, like living in inaction and actually doing the thing. Uh, yeah, like uh, yeah, like planning versus doing the whole James Clear concept. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm thinking of as well. So yeah, like, so, yeah, like I, I think maybe this is what I would like to clarify. Less plan. It, it, less plan. It, it, uh, entrepreneurship takes a lot less plan, more do until you then have the people working below yeah. you that then you can do more strategize, more plan, less do. And it's gotten very uncomfortable for me recently when I've had to do admin stuff. And then I also have had more people working under me. And I'm like, I got to strategize more. This is weird. (laughs) Like, it's just like, I got to think about how to be out of the business. But at first, you have to just be in the business because you have no staff. Yeah. Yeah. And you just got to do the thing. Like, you can't not. And this is why sometimes I mess with you about, like, just do it. Yeah. Because that's the only, the only solution to the, like, moving forward any goal and any side gig is like do you have a staff you literally just yeah just do it and not do like like, how would i build funnel no start building the funnel. like sit down like click and type yeah yeah and i think for a long time this is this is a good segue actually into what we were talking about earlier but um Yeah. yeah i think that's why for a long time i've just been sitting on like i don't know what i want to do for a side hustle I've continued to go in circles about like what I'm going to blog and I've had so much time this summer because of 
the, you know, because I'm doing incredible research and I'm doing it at an efficient pace. Partially joking, partially serious. Yeah. <laughs> um, because of my circumstances, I've had a lot of time to just sit here and spin over what do I want to do with this extra time? What do I want to establish and get into a routine of by the time the fall comes around? Some kind of blog newsletter thing that will carry me somewhere. And the first step was figuring out that this is a vehicle that is going to take me somewhere else that I want to be. And so it's almost about figuring out where I want to be. And so for a while, you know, I was sitting here a few episodes on the podcast ago, like, yeah, animal law blog, like food blog, something mm. of the sort, because that's where I want to be. And in some sense it is, but I got down to brass tacks and was like thinking about doing the thing. And yeah, it should be hard at times. Obviously doing the thing isn't always easy, but it should be something that you enjoy and to some extent feels just like intuitive and fun. And for me, it just wasn't really getting to that level. Like it was stimulating, but it was not fun. And that, that there's a distinction there for me because it can be intellectually stimulating, but it sometimes intellectual fascinations actually aren't sustainable enough to keep you going. Like I don't need peaks and valleys of mm. fascination. I need something that's steady and just up ingrained in me as a part of me. And so I just started to reflect a little bit more on like, okay, maybe that's not the place where I want to be. And, you know, maybe if I get there somewhere down the line as a job, great career, that'd be, that'd be really cool. I'd find that super rewarding, but ultimately there are things I want to accomplish in this life. And I think things that get me really excited, as I told you earlier, are things like running across the country, things like doing all these crazy ultra races Mm. and just kind of, uh, talking to people about health and about running, you know, maybe even like being some kind of advisor or coach. That'd be really cool. Working for somebody like Strava, my favorite fitness app that I've used for nine years now. And so I started reflecting on all this stuff and I thought, well, I probably can't go pro because it's not a very big market, not a very sustainable market, but I can certainly write a blog about Strava, about running. And I'm the first person probably in that space no one better suited for it than a division one runner who's been on the app since damn near its inception. Yeah. Yeah. And so I just started doing that. I had this epiphany probably three weeks ago and I am confident. I actually am confident for a couple of reasons that this is going to be something that sticks is because a big thing that I've noticed at least with, um, chasing some kind of entrepreneurship or something like that is I find a lot of gratitude in being able to tell someone that I'm doing something, you know, like, Oh, Hmm. I'll tell everyone, Oh yeah, I'm going to try to do like an law blog or something like that because you know, it would look good. Like it's something good that goes on your resume because it puts out a level of prestige or something like that. But with this thing, I swore to myself, I would not tell anyone until the website looked a certain way. There was a certain number of blogs out and I low key grinded to get it, the website finished this week so that I could, yeah. you know, yeah. follow my oath and tell you because I wanted to hang out nice. and tell you, but, um, yeah. Yeah. So it took a while and, um, I finally was able to tell you because I actually followed through on it without telling anyone. And I just genuinely Good. enjoyed yeah. it. I sat on the, the Amtrak going to Omaha and just spent most of the time just sitting there writing in my Apple notes. Just, yeah. I mean, yeah. I just had like a ton of ideas flowing about like, my critiques about Strava, things I like about Strava, things I've enjoyed in my running experiences with it. I've spun it every kind of way. And um, 
it'll take time to refine it, but for now I'm doing the thing and moving the needle in some type of way. And so it took a long time for me to figure out what it was I wanted to do, but I think realizing some of those more lofty goals that I have can be reached if I start moving towards it with this was what uh kind of got me started. So nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I think uh yeah, you, moving towards anything is better than I've just been sitting in inaction for so long and I just got so frustrated. I was just like I'm just going to write some about something that I enjoy and it will take me somewhere. What is Okay. So, I guess this makes it a little bit more clear, right? So, the um the goal is to do something you're passionate about. Sure. Right? Yeah. And that's like the the end goal. But in order to end up succeeding at that, like you need practice mm-hmm. at um, building any sort of business. Yeah. So like tangibly, I think something that's hard to watch. I'm lucky. Oh, you know what? Let me pause. This is a good point. I had tried a bunch of other stuff before. Mm-hmm. It was like my fourth YouTube attempt. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And I think what ended up being showcased is like in the fourth try there was enough residual skills there that i had already gotten some base level of camera presence and stuff and i got better even as the fourth channel went on it's just reps man like you take away dimitri panucci youtube channel you give me a two-year break on everything i come back do you not think skill acquisition wise i could build a business from scratch in like six months oh for sure so it's like it's not about the thing yeah it's about working and getting skill acquisition and understanding how sales, marketing, business works. Right, right, exactly. And then say you're in the wrong vehicle for long-term passion. At least you spent four years in action on learning how business works, studying how business works by reading the books, taking action on it and attempting to do it in businesses, learning how copy works, learning how SEO, building a website. In the words of Alex Ramosi, it only tangibly takes like, I think he says like 12 or 16 hours or something like that to like learn a skill mm. like and be half proficient at it. Like how long did it take you to learn more? Oh, no time. Yeah. So it's like literally you're like, oh, I got to sit or I, I got to build a website. It's like take the day and learn how to build a website. Yeah. I mean, it was probably a 10 hour task in total because I was a complete novice and now I'm, you know, I'm fairly proficient, half proficient as you'd say. Yeah. So that's, that's what he was trying to point out. It's like, most of business is just a bunch of random skill acquisition. <laughs> and then like, if you're not in the right vehicle, it's okay. Cause then you like spent hours and hours and hours on skill acquisition that you didn't have. If you just spent dicking around with a bunch of like, what business should I start? Right. That's where I think like, like, that's why when I was talking with you about this, I'm like, I can make this work. Yeah. And it's not because like, because you're thinking from the mindset of what do I want to do? I immediately think, good. How do I insert XYZ step process with business and then like go? Like in a week, funnel, landing pages, that kind of stuff I'd try to hammer out and then from there figure out content and whatnot. Yeah. But that only thought process comes if you spent three and a half, four years trying to learn how to do it. Yeah, that's a good point. You didn't know what a lead magnet was no, today. I had no idea. 
and that's okay. Yeah, but I will say I am grateful just to, to preface that I have sat here on this podcast and listened to you talk a lot about it because there are yeah. things that there yeah. are more things that I know than um, I thought. Good. And so that Good. that's kind of cool. But yeah, I, there, there is part of me that wishes I had moved more in action. I think um, another part of it is just like I, I just couldn't get the needle moving if it wasn't something that was really calling me. And like, yeah, sure. maybe that's like a weakness of me. I, th- I think it is a strength of yours. Sure. You can just put your head down and like do something, even if it's not like the <laughs> thing that you love. And um, I'm sure I'll cross bridges where it's like, yeah, there's things I don't like doing, but it has to at least serve some ultimate goal that aligns with, you know, who I am, what I want to be, what future I want. And it, it just felt like when I was embarking on these other things, it was like, yeah, you know, like, I don't know if this really matches up. Like, I just don't think it's going to like align fully with what I actually wanted to do. And so just leaning into the fact that like, just admitting the fact that I'm just like a huge nerd on Strava is like, it's good. Yeah. I mean, like there's nobody who's like consistently set their writing titles and descriptions for nine years. Like me, I've seen people come and go, but no one has stayed as long as I have. And it's like, I know it's a thing I can do. And so it's like, why would I not share that perspective and the lessons I've learned from it? completely agree that's and that's a great place to start i'm not advocating out here for like listen i want you to start a lawn care business (laughs) even if you live in let me think of a funny one you live in uh let's think a good one oh arizona you know like in arizona during the summer like yeah (laughs) yeah i want you to start a lawn care business in arizona in the summer i don't know how agriculture I don't know how lawns work, but you hear my point. Like that's in the Mojave Desert, you know, like that's what I want you to do. And like, I want you to pursue that. And like, it's clearly what you're not into. And like, what the hell are you even saying? I'm saying try to find something, but like you get a week (laughs) to think on it and then just like go. Cause if, if it doesn't work out, I thought I was going to do gaming. I thought I was going to run for a living. I just thought, I thought I was going to vlog about running. I thought I was going to do everything. Find a medium. And I think then try to pursue success in the medium of content creation. And I think writing's always been that for yeah. you. So it's like very, I'm very happy that you're, you're finding I'm something. gripped to it, man. More than most things, more than really anything I've had in this kind of like, what is the side hustle deal? So, I mean, mm-hmm. I think about it every day. It almost feels like it's like, yeah, I got, I got to do that thing. Like I got to itch for it. And so, um, yeah, I'm glad I'm scratching that itch, and um, yeah, it's been cool. I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, yeah, just mostly. Where can we find pardon? you? Where can we find the oh, website? Runlocallegend.com. It is. Uh, it's in the works. It's not looking great, but uh, it's uh, it's on its way. You know, it's all part of the process. There's a couple posts that are complete. A couple that I just. Uh, filled in with the same text but different title than uh the other ones just so i could um you know fill it in and make it look like it had a a certain minimum number of posts it looked a certain way you don't have a i don't have anything you don't have a um favicon a what Favicon is the image that shows up in either the search results or on the browser tab. Um, 
you know, like RP, it has like the RP symbol and like the search result. And then like when you go on the actual website, the top of the yeah, browser, yeah, I had instead it, of it, it was on my desktop. Maybe it's not on the app. Maybe it just hasn't loaded yet, but not bad. You use an Elementor. Interesting. Dimitri doesn't like that I'm on WordPress. Yeah, I don't like that you're using a stock Pexels image with the cache stacking. I've seen that one. <laughs> this isn't this isn't bad. I'm just being a trash. No, the Elementor is a solid builder. Um, I just have my gripes with work. When I used WordPress, it just did not mm. do well. Um, but overall, this looks like a solid. It's not slow at the moment. It's not bloated. The massive market Strava misses out Ooh. on. I like the picture of the, the steeple. Let me see if I could figure out where this is from. This is from a race in... Uh, I'm trying to look at the bibs for an indication. This looks like it's in Zurich. Mm. Who would have guessed? I love track. <laughs> this is cool. I like, the, I like the concept of this post. But no, guys, I mean... This is a prime example. He's finding something he's passionate about. He's going after it. Going after it. And, you know, to make a point about the website not looking great, it's just like that was a thing. That, yeah, them. I was just like, I'm just going to do it. I really, it, it can only get better, but if I don't start building it, it will never get better. Like the worst kind of website you can have is no website. Maybe not true, but. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm agreeing. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Like having no website. Not ideal. Like I know that there's a Shark Tank. Uh, someone that didn't take a deal on Shark Tank, but is set up selling some. You'd probably like it actually. If I might refer to you. It's like a vegetarian and vegan uh, options for for different oh, meats. Okay. So it's like you know they had like a chicken, like a fried chicken sort of situation, but it was like mainly based off of wheat. Oh, interesting. And barley as a it was, and apparently it was delicious and like. Apparently, it's one of the more successful, you know, products that, like, they didn't take a deal with. And what if I told you they're using, like, a really bad Shopify website? And I went on there. I was like, this is disgusting. Yeah. And then I looked up their sales and was like, <laughs> you know, it's it's not about it being perfect. It's about you, like, you know, getting product out there, trying to provide value into the world. And if the delivery isn't perfect, you'll prune it. You know, you'll find yeah, exactly. It. It'll get fine tuned. I just wanted to make the bare minimum bones of it so that I could start putting out the content. I just wanted to get it out there because if I spent another day not putting something out there, I was going to freak out. Yeah, and I think you're good. You got like a month before school starts again. Yeah. So well, yeah, I was thinking more of like rhythm. existentially, just like life. I was like, man, I've just been waiting so long to do something. I've just been sitting on like. What yeah. do I do? I mean, like last winter, not this winter, like last winter, you were thinking about doing the philosophy oh, yeah. blog. I've spent on this forever. And it's, yeah. Yeah. But every time, it's like with the philosophy blog, it's like I like philosophy, but that does not constantly sit in my mind. Miles wide and yeah. HD. Yeah, yeah. So I found the thing. Is that an actual quote or did she just make that up? It's allegedly a Ken Jennings quote that I've yet to be, I've yet to see that it was actually attributed to Ken Jennings, but... His partner's funny. His partner? No, your partner. Your partner's oh, yeah. funny. Yeah, she loves that quote. She just she 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 loves to make yeah. that joke. But um But it's kinda true in this It's kinda true. I only have a couple of things that are actually a mile deep. And so I, I had to kinda go to the core. It's like this is this has been a thing since freshman year of high school. You run. You run. 
I do like Strava. They do nerd out about Strava. But here's like a way that here's an example of what I'm trying to say to to Chance, right? That I told him on the walk, like, don't steal his idea. I will find you and I will cut <laughs> you. But no, I didn't say that. Um, <laughs> that was some weird guy on the podcast that jumped in. But like, for example, you know, I was able to think up a marketing funnel for how it would work in like three minutes. Is that because I like watched a bunch of Hormozy videos? No, because I practiced and like done it. It's like. Yeah, so just take, you know, all you got to do is... uh, Yeah, and you just spun it off, like, in rapid yeah. time. And I was like, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, that all checked out. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. And um, it was helpful because, you know, we've talked about your funnel before. I've kind of helped you sit there on a couple calls when you're just kind of sitting there ideating. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, I mean, I'm grateful that I've been able to sit here and kind of be part of the ideation process with you so much because I see how the funnels yeah. work and you're talking about, really, you were like, oh, you could do a drip campaign. I'm like, oh, yeah. I remember that one time we sat there on MailChimp for a while and you were talking to me about drip campaigns and yeah, just different stuff like that. And so, um, yeah, even though I haven't been doing all the doing, I am happy that we did this. We've been doing this podcast and I've been able to learn a little bit and, uh, you know, hopefully in future episodes, I'll be able to come up to the plate and uh, we'll both be talking about different phases that we're at, even though, you know, people are here for, for RP. Yeah, it could be, could be an interesting. Uh, at the least, I'll be a little more versed personally on some of these things that you're talking about. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of important because I think. I'll word this. I think it'd be fine for the audience too. the, uh. There's a lot of very successful podcasts that have like, I don't know, Tama and Ali. Um, you know, they're doing two different businesses, but it's really Ali's. But then, I don't know. That that's a weird. That's a. I guess it's a good example. We do mock them. Yeah, yeah, we do mock them. We do kind of. I mean, when we started this podcast, we were big and not overthinking. Dude, it was. It's a great show. They just don't, they just don't record. Do it. I'm. Just, I'm so tired of it. Ali, you can't move in with your brother, and then record less. And when he did that. Uh, that MTV my crib type of video and he was at his new place and he was like yeah so we have like the recording set up right here and like it's gonna be super easy low friction so like we'll be recording like consistently I cringed when I watched that video in retrospect because I was like man you haven't posted and <laughs> you've you, recorded one episodes yeah you, moved you in haven't together. I mean I think they recorded one and then they stopped they just came back like two weeks they ago did? okay well, and cheers and it was and they were just like talking about why they haven't been recording. It's the same thing. They do this like three month, four month gap. They're like, oh yeah, we haven't been recording because XYZ, uh, blah, 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 blah. We both have our own businesses. Blah, blah. You live together and you're brothers and you talk all the time. And then they're like, oh yeah, so first question, um, how are we going to be more consistent about posting? And it's like, okay, well, this thought experiment clearly doesn't work because every time you ask, you, you do know, it every time. go back to ground zero. So... No, but no, I think it's uh, it's good. I, I want you to learn this kind of stuff. I want you to have fun with it. I think it's uh, as much as I started with a funny tone. It is a it is a fun process. When you get my favorite part of the process. All right, let me talk about the two least favorite. Least favorite starting. Yeah. Your knowledge debt is huge. Oh yeah, there's so much in it now. You know nothing, and you just like it's exciting. But then also when you start thinking about this is, and then, but when you realize, oh, this is what I want to do, 
and then you come to the realization that it's so far away you go <laughs> so having the expectations low and then in the middle of it is the mo- was the most fun because i'm like it's gonna take a while but like i'm part of the way there yeah and you feel a little bit of momentum you have a little more knowledge you can do a good flow the flow state and then at the end when you're like getting towards like it being the thing full time it's like can i get through all this admin bowl this has been your like, second least favorite moment of this whole journey Second least favorite yeah. arc, really? That's crazy. Yeah, and I know we talked numbers earlier, so it'd be yeah. surprising. It's because like once it's uh, finally finalized, I think my most favorite time frame will be this is the whole the whole yeah shebang, yeah it'll right? be. And it's there's like four stages for me. It's like, ooh, there's been a five stage arc for me, but like stage one was like, dude, let us start. Yeah. And then like there's very early stages, the first few weeks setting up the website, you know, all that kind of stuff. Then realizing. You haven't really done anything and like it's going to take years. (laughs) And then there's like years one and two where you're like, you know, I do like this. And like it's going to take another year or two, but it's kind of dope. And then there's the existential like last push where you're like, oh, my fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Can we get there? Can we get there? Because I feel like I've done, I've made so much progress and none because I feel like a fraud because it's not the business. And I just got a freaking, you know. LLC. uh, LLC. (laughs) I love how the LLC sat in the the Eisenhower matrix on the non-urgent, non-important quadrant for (laughs) years. Because it wasn't. For years. because until you're making enough money and like tangibly doing things that require you to have minimal liability, produce content, grow the business, doesn't matter. Yeah, that's absolutely true. But then as soon as it crept into, I guess, important, also kind of urgent, it was creeping across yeah. diagonally and you were like, okay, well, got done. <laughs> I swear we've been... Yeah, the second it hit important and urgent, it was done If that we week. could go back and get the transcripts of every episode and say how many times you said... Uh, so we got to make an LLC. Like th- there'd be at least five moments. Oh yeah, probably more. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It was, it was just funny. It's just something that's been talked about for a while, and I'm, I'm glad it finally happened. It just took. I was like, I needed to be real before I press the button yeah. on this thing. I don't know. Like, yeah, I'm hoping that the the next phase will be the. I I think the next phase. I know the next phase will be like the. God, no more. Uh, no more. I'd rather have an 80 hour week where it was all RP. Rather than an 80 hour week where 40 of I was going to say, you're already doing the 80 hour week, so you might as well. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, I'm like, I don't want to. I'm like, I'd rather fill that stuff with like things I yeah, enjoy. Yeah, of course. I'm just, I'm hoping that you're enjoying the beginning and you keep, keep on. Just do the thing, guys. Just, just, just do, do the thing. thing. Anything, else? Anything else is. Are we in the bonus time, or are we just in the? We're in the. Bonus oh, we're in the bonus time. Yeah. This yeah. is a this is a totally different thing. This is it's a different side thing that I had thinking about. Um, oh, okay, okay. So I've been thinking about the Alex Ramosi thing of like no new friends, and. Oh hell yeah! Oh, hell really, just yeah. like learning. I, I think part of this is because I'm transitioning into different phase of my life where I'm. Living with my partner and, um, you know, in some senses you're a little more isolated and so you have to really choose who to spend your time with because there's no more 
passive hangouts yeah. with your roommates. It's all like, if I'm going somewhere, I'm going to see somebody and you know, that's, that's time committed to that person. And so it's been like, a, I've been doing a lot of thought experiments of like who to value and just like, how should I think about this stuff? And okay. as I've been telling you, I've been getting into Dungeons and Dragons a little bit recently. And so <laughs> yesterday I was with a friend and he helped me move my mattress from one of the guy's apartments down to my apartment. I don't have a car. And so I needed a car and I need another set of hands to help me. And I would say that this person, it was RM. And him yeah. and I are just like, we're fine. I mean, we get along. We're, we're friends. But I wouldn't put him up there with, you know, people that are at the top of it. Partially because he hasn't been playing the game as long. This is a very egotistical thing I've been thinking about. But I'm thinking of... Wait, RM, what grade? Six year. Why am I oh, doing? I oh, I know who it is. I know. Yes, yeah, sorry. No, you're sorry, good. You're sorry. good. Yeah. That's that's entirely fair. Um, but so I guess let me explain full premise. Full premise is I'm the dungeon master of my life, and everyone is Hell playing yeah. a game where they are all characters. They're all heroes who are trying to level up in my life. Call this egotistical, but it kind of helps me Do think. It. Do it. And so RM is someone who's kind of lower level because in order to level up in Dungeons and Dragons, you have to play a lot. And if you're not in my life for a long time, then you haven't really leveled up. So part of it is a time thing. Like someone like my sister is a high level player because she's been around a lot. But the other way that you're also leveling up is of course, not just playing, but completing achievements. And so RM helped me move my mattress. Achievement, Achievement points, like low key. And like that's kind of like superficial, but it's like, I don't know, we have like a good conversation. And it's like, yeah, that, you know, that kind of leveled up for me. Like that was a big moment. Or like, I don't know, we hit two years of doing this podcast together. And it's like, okay, like Dimitri just leveled up. It's like thinking of life in that little type of way has actually been really interesting. Ding. And there's also, uh, I don't know, I, I, I took this a little too far the other night. But um, if you make a Dungeons and Dragons character, you have to roll a 20-sided die six times and you get attributes for the six are uh strength dexterity intelligence wisdom constitution and charisma and so mm. like you, you have all these different attributes and i think it's also a really interesting way to think of the strengths of your friends and so like rm is like high in charisma yeah, yeah. but maybe yeah. low in intelligence <laughs> well or wisdom let's say it's wisdom yeah you know it's like someone like you i think you're like uh you're high in i think you're dangerous because you're high in strength but you're also high in intelligence okay because people who are intelligent in dungeons and dragons usually aren't strong they're usually like sorcerers Uh, who can like cast stuff but they can't like they don't have that brute strength they're not a warrior but like you got that like intelligence to be like okay like i know the plan i see the you know i see the lines in the chess game but you also have the follow-through with your strength to where you're like okay i'm gonna get up at five every day and so like i value that kind of combo in you whereas like charisma Mm. is not something i really care about a lot i think it's cool but i don't value it as highly Dungeons and Dragons friends analyzation is yeah, interesting. Right? I, I, I see. Like, I see. Wait, I wanted, what are your thoughts on, on I see? see? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we were talking about the scoring. Remember that? But we were talking about like how his personality is so such, such an, an enigma. enigma. I think he, I mean, if you want me to run through all six, he's high in intelligence, low in wisdom, 
<laughs> that's exactly what I've been trying to describe for years. <laughs> pretty pretty low in strength, really bad in dexterity. <laughs> like he's like mid in strength. Like if it's out of twenty, like let's say he's like a ten in strength, but he's like a two in dexterity. Okay. Like this dude could not catch a ball for his life. <laughs> His constitution is actually one of his traits that are good. Constitution, constitution is like if things become inflicted upon you, you're pretty good at fighting them off. Illness or yeah, you know, cold that, yeah. or like eat like garbage for a month and you're not phased. You don't shower for yeah, a week and you Oreos. shrug it off. Like yeah. Oreos. Oh yeah, you, you eat a pack of Oreos and you're, you know, good to go for a run the next day. <laughs> so his constitution is actually really impressive. <laughs> It Loki is, and his charisma is shockingly higher. Like it's like a twelve or thirteen, probably. Yeah, it's a really fun way to think about things. And like you know, he's another character that like, I mean, he's let me use his trusty car a number of times, and he's done a number of things for me that like I really value. And so like he's he's leveled up. You can level up to like I don't know, fifteen is like the standard, and then you can move beyond that if you play for like ad infinite, you know, for infinity. Add infinite. Thank you. He's probably like a, I don't know, like a, a level like a nine or ten. You know, you're like a you're like a twelve. Fifteen is like, yeah. Out of fifteen's like sister, Claire. Yeah, parents. parents yeah, and, and parents. But mostly and parents and siblings. They've, they've been playing the game for twenty four years. It's hard to beat. Yeah, hard to beat. <laughs> so it's been a, it's been a fun way of thinking of things. So I don't know. I just wanted to throw that in the ether. I meant to bring that up earlier. This has been great. I'm glad, I'm glad I brought this up. This turned into a great little. It's interesting. I'm definitely gonna consider the D and D friend matrix. Good. I hope you do. I can print some character sheets for you. I'm gonna laugh my ass off when I start to do this for people that I know, <laughs> and it will be all personal. No one will see them. Maybe you, and then it will be. Uh, it'll all just be something that I shred up so that no one can have proof that I ever did yeah. it. There you go. All right, well, with that being said, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the Riceberg Podcast. It was a fun one. I enjoyed it. I did as well. And with that being said, thank you for listening to episode... We don't know. Of the Riceberg Podcast. And we'll see you in the next one. Bye. Bye. If you'd like to continue listening to this conversation, you'll need to subscribe at riceproductive.com slash membership or on your favorite podcast app. Once you do, you'll get full-length access to these episodes of the Rise Productive Podcast, as well as access to our subscriber-only podcast and newsletter, The Weekly Pour Over.